It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. Today on the show is Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is an attorney for workers and consumers selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. In 2017, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal has been a regular contributor on Money for Lunch for over five years. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Good to be back, Bert. Nice to be with you. And, um, you know, we we got some things to talk about today. Um, You know, We've always had our discussions over these years about the velocity of money and the importance to get money in the, in the hands of people who will spend it. And uh, at this point in time, uh, we, we need to talk about labor and we need to talk about how we can fix this George Floyd problem. And, um, you know, one of my mottos is if money can fix it, it's not a problem. So I want to talk about today how money can fix the uh, problem we're having with our police force. This, this is something that I think is on everybody's mind. Yeah, I, want, I, I, I cannot wait to hear your take on this. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, here, here's, here's my position on this, and um, I've had given it uh, some thought. And I think, first of all, let's follow the money. Right now, every police force in, in the country um, the money's going to these police officers. In most cities, a police officer makes about a hundred thousand dollars a year, including benefits and um, and pensions and all the other things that go with it. And that's not counting uh, how much is spent on his uh, equipment. And the, you know the the you know, we all know how they're dressed for uh, for battle, for war, all this equipment that goes with them. So. What we have then, and so now let's let's take for example that you have, for round numbers, you know, a, a police force of ten thousand people, just in in a mid-sized city or small city. Um, let's let's talk about now cutting that police force in half. All right, you cut it the the police force in half. So whatever it costs you, a hundred thousand dollars per person, you, you've now cut that in half. So you've now spent um, on your police force half of the amount you otherwise would have spent. So what do we do with that additional money, and who do we hire? What we do with that money is we hire police o- peace officers, not police officers, peace officers. And we pay these peace officers. The only requirement to be a peace officer is you have to live in the community where you patrol. And so instead of having 10,000 police officers at $25 an hour, that's $50,000 a year, you'll have 5,000 police officers and 10,000 peace officers. You follow me so far? Yes. Okay. So now we take half of those peace officers and we put them to, to be with a police officer on duty at all times. So there's not only is will you be confronted with a, a potential police officer, you'll be confronted with a peace officer. The other 5,000 peace officers are out in the community finding issues that people need addressed, 
mental health issues, housing issues, uh, issues that need job issues, education issues, helping out to, to bring peace and prosperity to their community because this is the community they live in. So now we've taken that money, half the, the budget for the, for the police, we furloughed half the police force. They're furloughed, so you don't have to worry about right. paying them anymore. They're gone. And you take that money, and it goes directly back into the uh, community in the form of compensation to the peace officers. Now, with those peace officers, how are they – what do they have with them? No guns. They're like a um, – Best way to describe them is you you know the the, the ticket patrol. They have okay. a ticket book. Okay, they have a ticket book. Their job is to to keep the peace, de-escalate the, situ- the situation, like the George Floyd situation or the situation in Atlanta. The idea isn't to handcuff people and bring them in to the station. The idea is if there's an issue, uh, you, you pass the counterfeit note. You give them a citation and a court date, and you you send them on their way if there's not another problem. If someone's intoxicated, you take the keys to their car, you get them home with a responsible person, they get a ticket and a court date. So there's there's none of this confrontation and handcuffing and and and, and fighting between police. Because there's no fear if if you've committed you know infractions, and these that's what these are or misdemeanors you know they're they're small crimes, right. um, and and eventually you're going to appear in court and it, the process takes care of itself, but until that happens, the the what happens is the idea of taking over control, the fear that people in the community have of what's going to happen to them in the hands of the police. And, right. and they, they have a real, a real, I would, you know, if I were African-American, if, if I were black, I'd have that fear. And I have that sure. fear for my children. So, we, you know, Black Lives Matter. We have to put ourselves in the place of these people who have been brought over this country against their will, their ancestors, 400 years ago, starting 400 years, and have been slaves, and after being slaves, have been uh, discriminated against right down the line and until this day. And the right. job, uh, the jobs of policing have to go to people in the community. Yeah, I, I, lo- I like I, I like the idea of having peace officers. I think that, especially when they live in the community. And, and, and I want to clarify this: Black Lives Matter. Even though that's the name. It's not just about black lives. If, if, if you go to the organization, if you talk to the people who are involved, uh, they're using that, of course, as the slogan. Uh, but they, they're not just saying that, hey, black lives matter and white lives don't or brown lives don't. They're, they're just using that uh, as a catch-all. As, but bottom line is, they're, they're, you know, really all lives matter. And, you know, look uh, – we have Latinos that die under under uh, police brutality. We have white people who die under police brutality. We have black people who die under police brutality. And Black Lives Matter saying, hey, we need to just stop this altogether. Uh, you know, sometimes, and, and, and I believe that about 85% of cops are doing a good job. They're trying to do a good job. They, they're good people. And then you have that 10 or 15% 
that for whatever reason are broken. I don't know, you know, maybe they, whatever it is going through their head, these are the people that we need to find and really get out of the system. Uh, but this idea, Norm, of having peace officers that live in the community, I love this idea because not only is it going to foster goodwill, it's going to have people that live in the community so you know who those are. You, you, you'll, you know, uh, you'll be able to see uh, suspicious activity because it's your neighborhood and you know that that activity normally doesn't happen. But the other side of this is that now the police can focus on crimes that are that are really more important because you know a police officer uh, getting involved in, in some of the stuff that they that they're called to do is 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 almost overkill, right? It's it's almost a waste of resources as opposed to having them investigate uh, more serious crimes. Uh, and, and and those resources can be applied to more urgent matters. Right, and you can't have stop and frisk anymore. You just can't have this 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 concept of where you have people stopping them on the street for no reason, and and basically harassing people on the street. And and the idea is, and 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 the reason. Let me see if I can can you know. I think Drew Brees probably brought it to everybody's attention about why it why the, the the slogan is black black lives matter is because of 400 years of of repression and and segregation and not being treated correctly you know and and the and the and the idea was saying yeah well and everybody's lives of course everybody's lives matter nobody's arguing with that but the 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 reason people are saying that is because People don't believe that black lives matter, and that's what the focus of it is, and all of the repression and, and discrimination because of the color of their skin has, has, that has occurred over the last 400 years. It's got to end, and you know, we get these points in time uh, uh, where civil rights movement takes another step uh, forward. And, you know, the wheels of justice turn slowly, but they, they bend towards justice. And when you put money and people in the streets, in the community that live there, and, yes. you know, all you have to equip these, these peace officers with is basically a, a, an attention hat with Google glasses and connection to the precinct and uh, visual recognition um, um, connection so that they can a person comes in and he's acting uh, strange well they know uh, from visual recognition that this is somebody that uh, that has a mental health issue right and so they can treat it as a mental health issue not as as, a, as someone that is you know that that needs to go to, into into jail yeah and right. so that that's really key that with the uh, facial recognition they have connection with the, with the precinct there's people in the precinct that are trained de-escalation personnel social workers psychologists that are there that they can talk to and the the the, the goal would be is to have less and less police as you say on the street uh, for no reason. You know, let them deal with serious crimes, and, and uh, basically there are bad people out there that belong in jail. We, we all agree on that, that, you sure. know, rob banks and, and steal property and burglarize people and commit, uh, you know, 
you know, crimes, uh, you know, murder, rape, those people. Sure, we want to get all those those guys off the streets. We want to get the bad guys off the streets. But what we're seeing now is we're this idea of um, catch and arrest is a concept that needs to, to to be done away with for misdemeanors and infractions. It has to be uh, talk to them, give them citations, get them into a safe place, de-escalate the, um, the issues, bring it down to the point where actually over time, because you have an extra, as we said, an extra 5,000 peace officers, they're going to be able to walk the community make door-to-door knocks and see what people need in those communities and be able to bring that back to the municipality or the city or the state to get better resources, you know, better education, more food, better housing. These are people we need to spend, the cities and states need to spend their money on, not more police, not more um, police patrol cars, not a greater criminal justice system where you're running uh, through uh, all of this and it becomes an escalated situation. It's resisting arrest now and it's, and it's becomes a, a crime against the police. And all of a sudden you have more people in jail that shouldn't be there. Right. So, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, what do you call it? One of the things, one of the things that, that, uh, you know, that, that I want to say is, look, police officers have a very difficult job. Uh, you know, they, they have been killed in the line of duty uh, for just a traffic stop. And, and traffic stops have become a very scary thing because they don't know who they're dealing with. So they have a very difficult job. However, we, you know, they're, in, in, in what I have seen, I've seen some cops because they know the area now, this is going back 20 years, 25 years, maybe 35 years. Anyway, you know, because they were part of the community. They knew the area. You know, they, 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 they knew the, the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, I can tell you, um, you know, back in my day, if we were walking home, there was a, specific, a particular officer. His name was Lloyd. We knew him by his first name. He would pull over and say, hey, you guys heading home? Yeah, you know, get in the car. I'll give you a ride home. And that was at there 2 o'clock go. in the morning. And yeah. so that kind, of, that kind of police officer no longer exists. Part of that is because they no longer have the time to do that. But if all of a sudden you had a bunch of peace officers out there doing that, that's going to restore some sense of, uh, of community. It's going to restore you – know, you know, cops are not going to be looked at as, as the enemy um, – you know, they're going to be looked at as part of the fabric of that community. They're there to help. And sometimes that means you got to get in somebody's face and say, hey, you can't do that anymore. You can't be, you know, you can't be uh, behaving like that. But you're right. As far as always arresting somebody may not be the solution, especially if they're having, um, uh, what do you call it, mental issues. Uh, you know, there are more people today. That are, that are having mental issues. We have veterans. We have the elderly. Um, you know, and so a police officer in that scenario has almost nothing that he can do. He can either let the person go, and possibly that person is going to harm somebody or harm themselves, or he can arrest that person. 
he he's got no nothing in between. Right. We have to change the paradigm. That's that's what it's yes. all about. And this idea of putting another commission together and whatnot is is silly. And they've talked about community police, but community police never happens because there's nobody in the community that qualifies to be a policeman. So right. you know, it, it so it it doesn't work. It's a catch twenty two. They talk about it, but it never happens. And so you have an overwhelmingly a Caucasian or or Asian police force in a, in a predominantly African American neighborhood doesn't work, and they don't know the people, and they don't live with the people. But you put peace officers on the street, and you can put them at twenty five dollars an hour. That's fifty thousand dollars a year in the hands of five thousand uh, people in that community. Uh, that's that that's ten thousand people. That's a lot of of money going into a community that, that will be spent in that community and that yes. they'll know the people in the community. And that's what it's all about. And we talk, remember five years ago, we talked about raising the minimum wage and we've talked about it enough where since then 26 states have raised their minimum wage from $7 and 20 cents. It's now $10 heading for 15 and higher, but $25 an hour is, you know, half the, what we spend on, on, on policing and it puts that money back. It gets you twice as many people on the street. They really don't need a lot of training, except their job is to de-escalate the situation, and at worst case is to hand out a citation. But the idea is not is is to hand out as few citations as possible. And if they do need mental health, they do need food, or they do need housing. All these things are are, are health services or uh, getting the, their kids in the right school. It all can be done because they have this overwhelming force with a different culture. Unfortunately, just like you said, the police culture is is a catch and arrest, and that's their job, or let go, and then it's back to the same situation again. But we need to, to be working together, and right now, it's an adversary system with the police and the communities across the country. And that has to end. And it has to be a community situation. And the only way to do that is to cut the number of police by half and put out peace officers two times the number of the police officers so they can saturate these communities without raising and And, you know, you can't complain as a taxpayer because you're still spending the same amount of money for for community work for the right. for bring and actually the whole goal of police is to bring a precinct peace and tranquility to the community and it's not happening right it's right. not happening because kids parents are afraid to let their their children out literally at night to see their friends if they're african american in the in the, in the fear that they may be uh killed yeah absolutely and, 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 and rightfully so yeah, that's absolutely, got in. absolutely. That's got to end. It's got to end. That does have to end, and, and I think that, you know, I think that uh, with today's technology, with today's technology, I think that finding individuals who have a bias or prejudice against African Americans or against any race can be weeded out during the hiring process, um, and. And, you know, I don't know how, how realistic it is, uh, but 
you know, if you've been on the, if you're, if you're a police officer and you've been on the job for, let's say, 10 years, is it possible that maybe you've seen some stuff and maybe you picked up some, again, some biases? Uh, maybe you have uh, some feelings, um, you know, that maybe, I don't know, you require the police every 10 years to get a psych evaluation. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if the police officer uh, in the George Floyd case uh, would have been examined, you know, maybe they would have caught this and he could have been put on leave or something else. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is um, for, especially in the Mr. Floyd case, where here's a gentleman who is unarmed, he is cuffed, uh, and he's Quasitive. telling you he can't breathe. Yeah. You know, uh, there was no, there, there was no, there was no reason for the officer to continue to, uh, what do you call it, uh, exacerbate the situation. The guy was already restrained. He was, you know, he wasn't going anyplace. And, and yeah, he might have been, I, I think he, I think there was a possibility that he had, he was inebriated or he had had a few drinks. So, you know, but bottom line is you have three police officers there. The guy is handcuffed. He's not going anyplace. Yeah, it this is it's a culture and it, what, it, what it is, you know, we live in, in a culture that that just cre- that creates adversary systems, you know, our legal systems and adversary system. There's always two sides to this, the situation. Sure. You and I have talked about management and labor being an adversary system. So our we we have a cultural problem with adversary systems because it's ingrained capitalism is an adversary system, you know, the the, the producer of the product's trying to sell it, and, and you want to buy it, and he wants the highest price, and you want the lowest price. I mean, that, so we all we have that that tension in here. But at the police level, at the peace level, at the community level, we have to change that culture in this country. We have to make, change the culture. Sure, there's going to be bad guys and good guys, and that's we sure we sure we want the police on our side. With, with regard to the bad guys. But what's happening is the police are in this adversary system, in their culture, they, they've taken it too far. Yeah. They are the adversaries for, for all people, it's turning out, and that's in the culture. They're there to make arrests, unfortunately. That's, that's all they can do. As you said, they're not mental health officers. They're not community service officers. They don't have the, the skills, they don't have the knowledge, and they don't have the culture to be anything other than to, to either make arrests or let go. And, right, right. And that's, that, that we we got to do away with. That's why we need peace officers, and we need peace officers to saturate communities more than just the police officers. And eventually, hey, we, we, we'll cut the number of police officers lower and lower and lower. We won't have all these these un, uh, guns and arms and munitions on the on the street that are unnecessary. We have the, the, in Atlanta the guy shoots him twice in the back and says, "Got him." I mean, this is somebody right. they know who he is. They have his car. They know where he lives. He's running away. Let him go. You'll find him the next day. Somebody will knock on his door, give him a citation. He'll have a court appearance, and the process will will work. But to shoot somebody twice in the back running away, that's murder. That's a homicide. 
I mean, we, there's no reason for it. His, his life wasn't in danger, and the lives of others weren't in danger. And so you can't have this. With George, with George Floyd, he was cooperative. All he needed, here's your citation. You're, you were, the allegation is you were passing counterfeit bills. Here's your court date. Goodbye. Right. And that's well, you know, that's he, the he, whole he, thing. Sure, and, and even and even in a scenario where there there has to be an arrest made, you know, again, uh, you know, police officers they're risking their lives. I understand that, but in a scenario where the guy is already unarmed, he's handcuffed, he's restrained, uh, you know, uh, I think you've done about all you can do. Uh, but you know, back to what you said at the top of the show: follow the money. So, so this is what's interesting. We we have this movement about defunding the police department, and and uh, you know there's a lot of uh, uh, there there are some politicians involved. There's been some celebrities involved. There's this cry to uh, what do you call it? Repurpose the money instead of for more guns and more officers, but for more training. And what's interesting to me is here is. Um, there are some, what do you call it, some uh, cities that are uh, very concerned because this movement could impact their police department uh, because it's going after the way they use their money. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and again, back to what you said, it's, you know, so many times it is about the money or at least the money gets everybody's attention. Right, the money gets everybody's attention, and retraining's not going to cut it because there's too many. The culture is there. You have to right. change the paradigm. You all you have to do is furlough half the force and put in peace officers in their place, and you got twice as many of them for the same bang for your buck. And only and the only requirement is you have to live in the community where you work. And that'll give jobs to the the poor communities. That'll will give jobs to people in communities that that are poor and are are overrun by police. And now you have community people out there. And look, if you have with the technology, you have facial recognition. You have uh, Google Glass where you'll know who they are and and what their record is and how to deal with them and if there's a mental health problem. And then you you have your record on the community. Pretty soon, with with double the force of peace officers working the community, you'll know the issues in the community, and then they can be solved. Because yeah. police officers are not going to solve it. Re, reprogramming and repurp, repurposing police officers are not going to do it because they don't live in the community. And you can't get police officers out of the community because there's not enough people that qualify. And so you want the biggest bang for your buck. We got to change, go back to where it used to be. You know, when I was little, they were they were peace officers. I mean, that's yeah. what they were. They were there to to keep the peace. And the idea was they they knew people in the community. And this is, just doesn't exist anymore. So. You know, the, the idea of, of retraining police, we've talked about this for for the last 20 years, and it's, it's, it actually not only hasn't it worked, it's gone in the opposite direction. We've militarized the police. Right. They, have, they have weapons of war 
on the street where they used to, you know, carry a pistol. Now they have these M4s and, um, you know, all the bulletproof vests and the helmets and everything else that goes with it. it it's a military uh, group. And that's got to, that whole paradigm has to change. We have to furlough half of the police in this country, literally furlough them and hire twice as many community peace officers in these communities that need people of color that they recognize as people living in the community where they can knock on their door and tell them, hey, I need help, and they know the people. And so they, it's, it's a win-win situation, and the money then is spent in these communities, which makes the community stronger, which makes the, the stores in the, in the community stronger, and it, 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 it repurposes everything that we need to do. So the defunding, everybody jumps up. It's when you use the word defund, they, oh, no, we need the police. Don't def- you don't, aren't defunding, you're refunding. Yeah. You're refunding the police. You're reallocating. You're gonna, yeah, you're reallocating, so if you don't want to use defunding, say refunding, and take half the money that you otherwise have for police and put them into peace officers and have twice as much bang for your buck. With, with I love training. it. Norm, we're out of time. Thank you so much. I love that idea, and I think, you know, especially there in California where you can, uh, what do they call it, initiatives that you can create those. Uh, I think that would be a, a great initiative. I think that would be a a wonderful, wonderful idea to bring that kind of police community, that feeling of uh, the police are here to help us back to all our communities. Right. And remember, if money can fix it, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Norm Blumenthal, thank you so much for stopping by. Sure, Bert. Always a pleasure. Take care. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. If you have questions about Norm's uh, segment, if you have questions about your rights, if you, if you have questions about your employer, you can go to BAMLawCA.com. That's BAMLawCA.com. As always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at MoneyForLunch.com. <laughs>